Welcome back, Alabama recruiting fans, to Recruit Radio. I know we haven't done this in a while, but uh, what better week to get back into the old podcast game than uh, A-Day week? Uh, It's going to be big for the team. Of course, it's going to be ridiculously big for recruiting, and we're going to talk a lot about why in these next couple of minutes. I am uh, Bama Mag recruiting analyst John Garcia Jr. And um, like I said, big week ahead. Uh, No matter how you look at it, um, A-Day is going to bring quite the crowd to Tuscaloosa in terms of recruits. Uh, And it really could begin to shape what this actual class of 2015 is going to look like come February. And I'll get more into that uh, here in a minute. But first, I would like to go backwards. Um, As you guys know, big weekend on the recruiting front as well. Uh, Friday, you saw David Sills, a quarterback committed to Southern Cal, visit Tuscaloosa for the first time. And, of course, Javon Robinson, the number one running back in the country and the only five-star tailback on Scout.com, visited Alabama as well. He stayed overnight. So let's start with Sills. Um, You guys probably saw the article that uh, Brian Doan wrote on Sills. Uh, It was his first time in Tuscaloosa, but of course the obvious connection is Lane Kiffin. Remember, he committed to Kiffin and Southern Cal as a seventh grader. It made national headlines a few years back when he did so. Um, People were just kind of wondering who this this hotshot kid was. Well, it kind of faded a little bit over the last couple of years, mainly because other quarterbacks have emerged. And um, in today's recruiting coverage, as you guys know, um, old commitments are old news. People want the next thing and the next thing so um, his stardom I guess sort of faded in terms of just headlines not in terms of his ability Um, but anyway that is David Sills and that's the one who visited Alabama over the weekend he was in town Friday he wanted to on Saturday he needed to get to Mississippi State because his brother uh, plays for the Bulldogs Jameer Irvin Sills Uh, and then Mississippi State ended up offering him a scholarship which is quite interesting because um, David didn't consider that a recruiting visit, but of course, Dan Mullen took advantage of you know a three-star quarterback being on campus. Uh, but of course, the day before he was in Tuscaloosa, um, and he's just wanted to take visits. You know, Ricky Town, as Alabama fans know all too well, um, flipped from Alabama to USC. Well, it wasn't a traditional flip, but obviously he decommitted from Alabama a few hours later, visited Southern Cal, which is the local school, and committed. He's the number one quarterback in the country. So since then, I've talked about Alabama in this sort of QB scramble, um, but that picture's becoming a little clearer, and like I said, we'll dip into that with Sills and uh, a little bit with the A-Day visitors. Uh, so back to David. Uh, he liked the trip. It was his first impression of Tuscaloosa. You know, he did the whole thing. He got the tours, locker rooms, practice, kind of the whole nine, um, and obviously, you know, he met with Lane Kiffin, who he knows very well, uh, and Nick Saban. Um, so with the established relationship between Kiffin and Sills, I don't even think it was as important as uh, the meeting with Saban because everyone knows that if a quarterback's going to get offered uh, at camp, uh, it's Nick Saban's going to have a lot to do with that. Um, so you were obviously we know Lane Kiffin likes the kid. He offered him as a as a middle schooler. <laughs> so um, with Saban, uh, Sills Sills was excited. You know his whole family was with him, uh, and he just talked about what Alabama does. This is of course Saban. You know he's and and Sills said you know we talked about that. Uh, went on tour of campus, looked around the academic centers, and went in the locker room, tried on the jerseys, went on the field. Um, they did the highlight video and all that, but. I think this is the most important quote about Saban 
that Sill said. He said, Coach Saban is what everyone thinks he is. He's very professional. He's a good coach. So I think you see two avenues with recruits nowadays. You got the ones who are surprised by Nick Saban's um, aura. You know, he make, might crack a joke every now and then, which really catches recruits off guard. And then you have this other camp of recruits like Sills who sees Nick Saban and they meet him and he's exactly kind of what they thought. He was going to be business-oriented, down to the point. Um, this is what you need to do, A, B, C, D. You know, let's move on. Um, and a lot of kids like that. So the jury, of course, is still out on Sills, um, but he liked his first impression of Nick Saban in person. Um, Of course, the most interesting thing and the thing that most of us wanted to find out about the visit, you know, we knew he probably wasn't going to get a scholarship offer there in person because Alabama likes to operate during the camp circuit. They want their four or five candidates to come throw um, at camp uh, pretty much against each other to determine which one truly deserves that scholarship. Obviously, last year, Ricky Town, as a upcoming junior, impressed enough to earn his scholarship, and he jumped on it a couple months later. Um, and then, of course, in the class of 2014, David Cornwell, Jacob Park, uh, Brandon Harris, those were kind of the main quarterbacks that impressed during um, throwing for the staff in person. Uh, and, of course, Park committed to Georgia and about, I, I want to say it was a day or two later, David Cornwell came off the board to Alabama. So that that's kind of just the way they like to do things. And I expect this class of 2015 to be the same thing. You know, Nick Saban always likes to take one quarterback per class. Um, so it's going to be an interesting battle this time because so many things have happened with QB recruiting. But as always, you kind of have faith that uh, they'll figure things out. Um, but the most interesting thing about Sills' trip which is what I wanted to find out, was how it looked. And what I mean by that is the offense. Nobody knows Lane Kiffin's offense in terms of recruiting like David Sills because he's been committed there for five years. Uh, so when he did watch that Alabama practice, this was his quote about uh, the influence of Lane Kiffin's uh, scheme. They're doing a lot of similar things that they were doing at SC, Sills said. They're doing a lot of good things down there. They look good. So it's a simple quote. It's a standard quote. Um, but the fact that Sills brought up how similar it looks to USC, you know, we didn't bring that up at Scout. They brought it up. Uh, so I think that kind of speaks volumes as to where the offense is already with Lane Kiffin's influence. Um, it, maybe it has nothing to do with David Sills down the road or even recruiting down the road, but it. It proves that you know Lane Kiffin is, is a big part of this Alabama program going forward. So uh, we'll see, obviously, <clears throat> how that plays out. And we talked about quarterback recruiting and, and the dominoes there, so might as well stay there when we talk about A-Day. Zach Gentry, he's the four-star from New Mexico. Uh, he got the offer probably a couple of months ago. Uh, named Tennessee his leader recently, but he's been to Tennessee. He's never been to Tuscaloosa. That's going to happen on Saturday. We'll get to the rest of the visitors later on, but that's the one that could be the most important. Excuse me, this pollen is uh, doing what it does to most people for me. But anyway, consider this. David Sills does not have an offer from Alabama at this point. Of the quarterbacks across the country that actually hold an Alabama offer, you have Gentry, who I just uh, spoke about. You have Torrance Gibson, who's a five-star athlete. Uh, He is listed as a quarterback on scout, um, but he wants to play in that spread type of offense. Was actually scheduled to visit Alabama and then didn't. You know, he's looking at Auburn, Clemson, Tennessee, Ohio State. 
schools like that. So although he has an offer, he's I don't want to say he's off the board, but he's closer to being off the board than being at the top of the board, if that makes sense. Um, then there's only one more. It's Kai Loxley. He's out of Baltimore, four-star, similar to Gibson in that he's an, he's an athlete kind of becoming a quarterback. Again, we don't know how much of that Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin want in their offense today. Um, so if you look at it from that perspective, Gibson, Gentry, and Loxley, the only three quarterbacks with an offer right now that aren't committed to another school, you have to figure Gentry is easily on the top of the board because he's a more traditional pocket passer. Now, he is athletic at 6'6", 230 pounds. He can move a little bit, but make no mistake, his strength is hanging in the pocket and firing the football. Uh, so it just really makes things interesting in terms of that quarterback position. That's why we talk about the scramble. That's why we talk about guys like Sills coming in who don't have offers. Those visits become major news because – you know, you figure some offers will go out to guys that don't have them right now. Basically, offers to come compete at camp. You know, let's say it's Gentry, Loxley, uh, Sills, and two other guys that are throwing over that four-day camp in June or July for Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin and everybody, and then they sort of select from there. Could it be Gentry? Uh, could it be uh, some in-state guys who pick up offers like Tyler Cameron or, or somebody like that? Very possible, but we'll of course see down the road so that's the whole quarterback scramble and why Sills's visit is important and why this week is important because for a day the headliner is certainly Zach Gentry though we're going to get into a lot of other interesting names going forward with a day but again sticking to this past weekend really quick Javon Robinson what can we say about uh, his recruitment everyone knows what happened at Auburn bit of an academic situation Uh, he signed with them in 2012 ended up not being able to play for the Tigers, sat out that year, went to Georgia Military in 2013, which is, of course, a junior college, and then he just broke every record he could. He broke the touchdown record. He broke the rushing record. I believe it was 2,400 yards or so. Took his team all the way to the national title game among junior colleges where they lost to East Mississippi, which, of course, is another familiar program to Alabama because on that defensive line that helped slow down Robinson enough to beat them was DJ Petway and Jaron Reed, who are, of course, back on campus now at Alabama participating in spring ball. So it all kind of comes full circle with Robinson. Um, But the interesting part, of course, is that Auburn jumped back into the mix with him about a week or two ago, uh, which was surprising to a lot of people, maybe even to Auburn fans. Um, Usually when there's a kid who leaves a program for something that um, wasn't the best scenario um, a la DJ Petway. You know, that that surprised a lot of Alabama people when, when they re-recruited him and actually landed him. Um, so that's that's sort of the, the ballpark here with Robinson. Of course, there was no criminal activity with Robinson that we know of. So uh, a little bit different situations, but you get what I'm saying in that it was very surprising to see that school go back out and try to get that kid. And Auburn made a heck of an impression. They offered. They had him on campus all in about a week span. And um, he was he was flustered before that point. <clears throat> it was almost a shoe in that he would end up at Alabama um, once, you know, they kind of hit the full throttle on him. But that Auburn uh, interest and visit uh, subsequently kind of jumbled things up with him. Uh, understandably so, you know, that's the school that he. You know, he wore an all-orange suit on signing day 2012 and, you know, said, I'm going to Auburn and signed with Auburn. So emotionally, that's got to do something to you, especially, 
you think about Gus Malzahn and some of those guys that were probably recruiting him back then too. So it's it kind of came full circle there. But nonetheless, he did make it to Alabama on Friday, stayed overnight, hanging out with Reggie Ragland and a bunch of other players uh, from North Alabama and from Tennessee, actually, uh, where he's originally from. Uh, so the staff did a good job kind of placing the right pieces around him to, to cover that visit. Um, and even before he went to bed on Friday night, as we reported on Bama Mag, um, Alabama did what it had to do. It, it impressed him. The practice impressed him. Uh, the coaches impressed him to the point where Alabama was once again considered the leader. Now, Javon's not going to say any of this because he's not going to talk to the media very much throughout this process. He did that the first time. Uh, and now he's got that chip on his shoulder where he kind of just wants to handle his business. And that's very understandable considering the circumstances he's had to go through to get back to this point as being an elite recruit. And obviously he's the only five-star running back on scout.com. So elite is, is the right word there. Um, but this is where it gets interesting with Alabama and Javon. The whole one and done scenario. Think about it. He rushed for, you know, 2,500 yards or so as a freshman JUCO All-American Player of the Year uh, talent. And then this coming season, you have to imagine he's going to get similar numbers or he at least is going to get similar opportunities to match those numbers because uh, I I spoke to one of his coaches actually uh, last week and he laughed at the notion of Javon possibly sitting out in order to have another year of eligibility on the uh, D1 college level. So basically he would take his redshirt season as a a sophomore at Georgia Military. Well, that's not going to happen. He's going to be the workhorse once again as a true sophomore. So Let's say he does well and everything, everything goes as planned and he finishes. He's going to enroll at his school of choice, Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, Florida State, Georgia. Those are sort of the main ones at this point. He's going to enroll in January and then he's going to obviously participate in spring in January or in spring of 2015 and then play the 2015 season. If, again, everything goes according to plan and he has another great season at the D1 level in the SEC or ACC, then all of a sudden he's a top draft or not top draft pick candidate because the running back position has suffered but he's considered one of the top running backs in the country similar to Trey Mason this past season think about it like that um what more do you have to prove as a running back if you did it at the junior college level at the high school level and of course you're doing it at the SEC or ACC level provided he does so uh in the fall of 2015 there's not going to be a whole lot of reasons for him to come back to Alabama or to Auburn or to whichever school he goes to. I mean, think of the last few running backs Alabama's had. You know, Trent Richardson, Eddie Lacy. Um, these guys are, are leaving after their junior seasons because running back is such a different position than it was 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. You know, with the wear and tear, you know, teams want to get those guys as soon as they possibly can um, to see where they're at and, and to see how they can be used immediately because the wear of a running back has, has been really the most interesting NFL story in the last 20 years, uh, you know, you don't pick them in the first round anymore unless you're Adrian Peterson. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see what that situation plays out as in terms of his status um, as a player once he does get to one of these schools. So that concerned Alabama, and understandably so. You know, could he be a one and done? Absolutely. That would mean that, in theory, TJ Yeldon and Kenyon Drake have a great season this, this coming season and leave. So then that following year, you're dependent on Derrick Henry, Bo Scarborough. Tyron Jones, Alti Tenpenny, and potentially Javon Robinson and Desharius Flowers, who's already on the commitment list. Those are seven backs. One, if he's going to be a one and done, does that mean you have to promise him carries? You know, there's seven backs there. Is he the best one at that point? You know, how far will Scarborough progress? How will Desharius Flowers 
you know, progress. And of course, we all know Derrick Henry has that crazy potential as well. So where do the carries fit in at Alabama? That's uh, one of the interesting storylines that I think he's going through in his own recruitment. Um, but even so, if, if there's some kind of promise about being a one and done player, meaning he gets to Alabama or whatever school plays that one season and declares for the draft, you know, it, it, it's just an interesting dynamic for the coaches to sort of deal with. Um, so, I think that was part of the reservations that that they were having uh, with Javon and maybe why the pedal wasn't pushed to the floor, you know, months ago. So, um, but obviously it is now. The offer is on the table despite some other reports. Um, And multiple sources are are telling me that, look, Alabama leads for Robinson. Uh, It's going really good right now. Uh, So it would be somewhat surprising at this point for him to sign anywhere but Alabama, which is, of course, a big deal regardless of one-and-done status, regardless of who's on the depth chart and all that fun stuff. So that's it for (laughs) this past weekend. Big visitors, big news coming from David Sills and Javon Robinson. Of course, anything else that happens, you know, we'll have it on BamaMag.com. Now, let's focus on A-Day. I've teased it a couple of times here. Uh, I've talked about Zach Gentry and why that is such an important impression at Alabama for him. But let's look at non-quarterbacks and uh, get ready for some gaudy names on this list. Now, of course, it's Monday, April 14th. A-Day is April 19th. There's five days in between, and we're talking about 17-year-old kids. So some of these names could be changed at the time of a day meaning you know person a b and c were scheduled to to visit but person b and c decided they didn't want to drive that far or something like that you you guys know at this point kind of how it goes with expected visitors so far out but we'll we'll do it anyway we'll talk about the names that i have on my list right now uh and starting at the top um as big as it gets deron Payne, the number one player in alabama five-star defensive tackle on the list tim settle another five-star defensive tackle out of virginia on the list terry godwin georgia commitment an athlete five-star visited a couple of weeks or a week ago or so he's on the list to return for a day uh, then it gets even more interesting. I talked about Gentry already. That's probably still the headlining name. But then you got guys like Calvin Ridley and Sean Burgess Becker, a, a couple of four-star teammates that play both ways. Both have Alabama offers. Both have named Alabama their leader, and they have talked about playing at the same school. That is the plan at this point. So you have to imagine that both of them being on campus at the same time in Tuscaloosa for a day is going to be a fairly big deal. Continuing down the list, Matthew Burrow, one of the top offensive tackle prospects in the country. Damian Harris, a top three running back in the country who's never been to Tuscaloosa. Adonis Thomas, a linebacker who named Florida and Alabama co-leaders after seeing Alabama for the first time this past weekend. So he's going to make a return trip to Tuscaloosa, which is uh, going to help the Crimson Tide jump the Gators if that is going to happen. You know, staying on the defense, Jaquan Johnson, a safety out of Miami, Florida, who's never been to Tuscaloosa. Again, he has an offer. He's looking for that first impression. Um, And then, of course, several commitments. Deontay Thompson, uh, the number two safety in the country. Makai Brown, defensive end. O-lineman Dallas Warmack. Dalen Charlotte, which is uh, the receiver out of Louisiana. Uh, Jonathan Ledbetter, defensive tackle out of the state of Georgia, which is interesting because a lot of people are wondering if he's going to stick with his Alabama commitment. He was at Georgia this past weekend with Warmack, but both of them remain committed to the Crimson Tide. So 
this is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of the names. You know, I can continue going. Kyle Phillips, Cameron Smith, Darius Fallwood, uh, Kirk Merritt. These are all guys with scholarship offers to their name already. Kendall Jones, the emerging defensive end from Clay Chalkville High School in Alabama, is returning to Tuscaloosa for the third time in the last month or so. Um, but all these names will take a backseat, like I said, to Gentry, who is the headliner, and another guy who's making a return visit, actually, to Tuscaloosa in Minka Fitzpatrick. You guys know he's, he's from Jersey. He's one of the top corners in the country, about 6'1", 190 pounds. Uh, some people like him as a safety. Some people like him as a corner. I'm of the corner camp as of right now. I haven't seen him in person yet, but on tape, I like him as a cornerback. Fluid hips, long, physical, kind of that Nick Saban mold of cornerbacks that we've talked about uh, and that Alabama has landed recently, Tony Brown, Marlon Humphrey. Uh, he's not quite on their levels, in my opinion, but he's just literally a decimal under that. And, of course, he still has his whole senior year of high school this coming fall to kind of get to that status, uh, which is very possible. Now, he has talked about Alabama plenty over the last few months. Um, maybe a year ago, we started talking about him as a potential commit one day. Uh, and then he flat out actually admitted that Alabama led over these last couple of weeks, um, which is no surprise, but still it's a big deal when recruits do that. And the timing is very interesting. You know, you name Alabama your leader, and then you're, you're, you're going from New Jersey to Tuscaloosa, which is not a short ride or flight even. Uh, to go to a day so commitment alert he would be probably on the top of the list um, in terms of who we think could pop on that day Uh, so that's something to keep a close eye on and of course we'll have much more on a day and a day visitors going forward but those are the names you need to know the ones i listed uh, all those guys have scholarship offers i mean we're looking at 20 plus players already with a scholarship offer from alabama heading in to watch a day that is huge news uh several commitments will be there so you have to imagine guys like makai brown and deontay thompson will be recruiting for alabama obviously the uh, atmosphere at bryant denny stadium which could be big if a lot of fans show up it really could mold into a huge day for alabama recruiting um the you know burgess becker and calvin ridley those guys are, are potentially commitment watch as well remember they they wanted to commit a couple months back and were set to do so between alabama and miami and then they backed off and said they needed more time so their timeline has fluctuated plenty so it wouldn't shock me one bit if either of them or both of them also committed to alabama along with Minka fitzpatrick on saturday now you talk about a home run day i mean you're talking about a guy two guys who can play both ways and one guy who's one of the top corners in the country all three of these guys can be one of the considered one of the top corners or safeties in the country so you're talking about reloading in the secondary and potentially at receiver if you need them to so versatility is something that nick saban has always coveted in his recruits and and that would certainly be the case if any one of those three guys popped for alabama a couple other names Heading in for A-Day on the list, I have Fletcher Adams, T.D. Moten, a couple of other out-of-state defensive tackles um, there. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's just going to be loaded. It's going to be exactly what you think it's going to be, you know, several five-stars, several elite four-stars. And that's just what we have right now as of Monday. You know it as well as I do. Over these next few days, we're going to add plenty of names to this list um, in terms of visitors for A-Day. So it could be very, very big. Now, <clears throat> the last thing I want to get to before I take up too much of your time is Carry On Johnson. 
we talked to him last week at very in-depth, and he was planning on making that commitment in May between Alabama, Auburn, and Florida State. All of a sudden, something happened over this last 24 to 48 hours where he is going to make his decision tomorrow, Tuesday afternoon at Madison Academy. Johnson will pick between Alabama, Auburn, and Florida State. Uh, it caught most people by surprise, including yours truly, uh, just because Carrion was so focused on evaluating those schools over the next month or so. He had already visited all three prior, and he, he did so again over the last month. So you naturally figure, okay, he's, he's going to take this next month to talk about it with his parents and whatnot, make the decision, and, and we'll see what happens. But he's ready. And uh, he told me last night real late that he knows the school he wants to go to. So uh, it's, it's very surprising and it's very intriguing to think about. Um, without trying to play uh, the guessing game too much, just knowing him and knowing what he's talked about, running back is still the position he wants to play. In a perfect world for Alabama, he would like to play <clears throat> safety um, for Nick Saban, and I, I think that would give the Crimson Tide a huge advantage heading into his announcement. But running back is his true love. Now, Lane Kiffin has, uh, March 15th, about a month ago when he visited, Lane Kiffin sat him down and said, you know, you remind me of Reggie Bush, and, and we can certainly do some things with you as a running back. Um, but Florida State and Auburn had been recruiting him as a running back for so long before that that it almost makes me think like think like Alabama's recruiting interest as a tailback was a bit too late in the game. It's not their fault. Um, they like him as a safety more, which is understandable. I like him as a safety more as well. But it's about what the kid wants in terms of his commitment. So I think Alabama could be on the outside looking in going into tomorrow, of course, that's just on the surface. He's never said one school has led. He's never admitted uh, different things about each school in terms of what he likes. Uh, he has admitted what he thinks of each school going into the announcement. You know, with Auburn, he mentions the comfort comfort he has with the staff. Obviously, the offense is pretty dynamic for running backs. At Alabama, he mentions what everyone does, championships, winning, getting you to, to your peak potential um, before the next level if you're so fortunate enough to play in the NFL. And then with Florida State, obviously, the high team right now national champs uh and Jameis winston is going to be there potentially when he gets there that's always intriguing uh and let's not forget that carrion johnson is from tallahassee so it truly is a, a toss-up heading into the battle but i just think my gut you know personal opinion thinks that with his position preference of running back over safety it gives Alabama a little bit of a disadvantage over the other two. One, Florida State has no depth at running back right now. Two, Auburn, you know, just lost Trey Mason. They bring in Rock Thomas, of course, but, you know, they're going to use three, four guys, as is Alabama, but the, the system is, is a little bit different, a little bit of a more downhill professional-style system as opposed to Auburn's, you know, read option. And Florida State does a little bit of both. So, it's, it's just a little bit of a disadvantage for me for Alabama as a running back uh, in just in terms of his skill set. Six foot, 185. He, he's, he's not much of a power guy. He's, a, he's an elusive guy, speed guy, long strider. So I just think that, again, going into it, Alabama's a little bit behind the other two programs. But, hey, there's 24 hours until that announcement. So you and I both know things can 
rapidly change in his recruitment. Of course, scout.com will be there uh, on scene for his commitment, and we'll have all the coverage for you on Carrion Johnson, David Sills, Zach Gentry, all these A-Day visitors, and everyone else considering Alabama in this good old recruiting process on BamaMag.com. We appreciate the time, and I hope you like these podcasts. We'll probably do some more going forward, so if you like them, let me know. And we can maybe uh, make this a weekly feature or a bi-weekly feature, depending on uh, your preference, really, because it's all about you guys. Appreciate it, as always. uh, And stay on Bama Mac for all the latest. Thanks.